We want to talk about a number of things this week. We haven't been on the air for a couple of weeks now, busy doing pro-life work. Today is the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. As many of you know, the Our Lady of Guadalupe has, is a patroness of the pro-life efforts in the United States. It's, she's also a patroness of the United States itself. And so the the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe is something that we celebrate, and, and we celebrated it on December the 12th. And there's a couple of things I just want to mention. The, the, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe is was is celebrating when Our Lady appeared in, in Mexico and uh, left an image on the tilma of, of a peasant in, in Mexico, which was then brought to the bishop and hangs to this day in church in, in Guadalupe, Mexico. And the in the image, Our Lady is pregnant. And so the image is not only an image of Our Lady, but also Jesus is there. Uh, we've we've brought you news in the past about a, an organization called Dan Lynch Apostolates that actually has the missionary image of Our Lady of Guadalupe, not the one, of course, that's in the church, but one that travels around uh, the United States and in other countries. And people have the opportunity when this travels to uh, to come and, and see the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And there there are a number of, of miraculous reportings that, that happen. People hear the heartbeat of the baby in the womb, which, of course, is the baby Jesus. And, and there are a lot of other uh, wonderful things that happen. Probably three years ago now, uh, a woman in, well, actually two women in California actually arranged to have the missionary image of Our Lady of Guadalupe for almost two months and took the image to every abortion facility in the state of California. Now, the state of California at the time had about 150 abortion facility. So you see why it took two months to get this around to every abortion facility, including the 70 abortion facilities that were run by Planned Parenthood there, uh, and brought the missionary image around. It was a very holy time. Uh, soon afterwards, uh, several of the abortion facilities closed, and it brought great graces to uh, the people there. It was endorsed by a number of bishops. Uh, so Our Lady of Guadalupe is very important in, in, the, in the pro-life movement. One of the things that uh, I, I want to point out to you about the, uh, the missionary image of Our Lady of Guadalupe and Our Lady of Guadalupe herself um, is that uh, Pope St. John Paul II called Our Lady of Guadalupe the mother of hope and the mother of the evangelizer of America, okay? The mother of hope. That, that is how the Pope St. John Paul II described our Lady of Guadalupe. A little further statement, and I'll read you his statement here. Um, he went on to say, Now is the time of the new evangelization to lead the people of God in America to cross the threshold of the third millennium with renewed hope. Our culture is in darkness, but we know that God's grace 
and light pierce the darkness of sin to bring life and hope through the intercession of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So Our Lady of Guadalupe is recognized by the church as the mother of hope. And it's always very important to remember that because we need hope in this world. I, some of the things that I'm going to be talking about even on this show are things that are, are, are not hopeful. They're things that, that tend to get you down. But even in all of the darkness that I'm going to, to mention to you in some of this, we're going, to, we're going to talk about good things and we're going to talk about problem things. But in some of that darkness, we must always remember that there is hope and the hope, of course, is in Jesus Christ and, and his mother, who is described by the Pope as the mother of, of hope. You know, Our Lady of Guadalupe said to St. Juan Diego, which is a peasant that she appeared to, am I not your hope, end quote, okay? Mary describes herself as the mother of hope. She is the mother of Jesus Christ, who is our hope and brings life and to conquer despair and death, okay? And we want to also talk to you about the current effort that is going on uh, around the country. It's called the Marian Blue Wave, and, and it is really based on that hope that Mary represents to us. The Marian Blue Wave is, is an effort by Catholics all across the United States, and it turns out all across the world, but, but it was intended initially to be across the United States, um, to have people pray a rosary a week for the end of abortion and for the end of Planned Parenthood and all the other abortion facilities in the United States. And there are a number of other things that, that we pray for, but those are the primary ones, the end of abortion the end of all Planned Parenthood facilities and all other abortion facilities. That's what we pray for as part of the Marian Blue Wave. And this week we, we're announcing a new way to sign up for the Marian Blue Wave. We're trying to make it easier. We, we already have, by the way, uh, over 2,000 people who have signed up for the Marian Blue Wave and have committed to do that rosary a week. The people are primarily in the United States, but in fact, there are 28 different countries where people have joined the Marian Blue Wave. So it is not exclusively in the United States, but a great majority are. The website for the Marian Blue Wave is simply marianbluewave.com. And you can find out all kinds of details about it. But you can also look at the map. There is a map on that page. You, you click and, and you can actually blow it up to full size, to full screen size. And you can see what happens is that every time somebody signs up and commits to a rosary a week, there is a little blue image of a person that gets added to the map in the city where that person is, not not the street or anything like that, but the city. So if, if somebody signs up from Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is where I am right now, there will be an image that goes up there. If more people sign up, when you click on that image, it tells you whether, you know, how many people have signed up in that city. It just gives a number, 1, 5, 10, 15, whatever the number is. Uh, also on the map is the location of every plant 
Planned Parenthood uh, facility in the country. So you can see where the Planned Parenthood facilities are. You can see where the people are that are praying and are praying all over the country. You don't have to be near a Planned Parenthood facility to, to join the Marion Blue Wave. When you look at the map, you'll see you know all the areas. Some of them are very, very heavy. Some of them are very light at this moment, but we're encouraging people to join. And this week, we, we provided a brand new way for people to join, and that is through texting the word WAVE to the number 66866. So if you text WAVE to 66866 from your smartphone, you text WAVE to 66866, you will get a message back and it will start the process of you committing to a rosary a week. It can all be done right from your cell phone. You simply text WAVE to 66866. We'll be repeating that that should be attractive to a lot of our young people who seem to be glued to cell phones. They will be able to sign up there and, and then to say their, their rosary every week. Um, and, and all of that is, is you know, built on the hope in Mary and the hope in her son, Jesus. And we have to always approach this battle for life with hope. And we have that hope with Jesus and with Mary. Okay. Um, we're going to move on to something that is not so hopeful, but it can be because it's a call for action to to everybody that is out there, particularly anybody who is listening in California. But you know how things go. You know, things may be in California this week, and then they start getting exported to other states in, in the nation. So just because what we're going to talk about is in California doesn't mean it won't show up, you know, shortly in your town and in your community. But what has happened in California, and, and as we indicated, Planned Parenthood has a lot of physical locations in California. Um, it is the place where David Daleiden was sued by Planned Parenthood and, and the rest of the CMP people. And we'll talk a little bit more about that lawsuit later in the show. But in California, Planned Parenthood has entered into a, an agreement with the school system in the city of Los Angeles. Now, we all know how big a city of Los Angeles is. The schools in the city of the public schools in the city of Los Angeles are, are managed and run by the Los Angeles Unified School District. And Planned Parenthood has entered into an agreement for which they're getting paid uh, entered into an agreement with the Los Angeles school system to operate clinics. Now, they're, they're I, I guess I would call them minor clinics. They're, they don't provide the services that their normal clinics provide, but to, but to provide uh, medical services inside the schools, the high school, right? And, and the agreement is that, that the Planned Parenthood, by the end of this school year, is looking to be operating in 50 high schools throughout the city of Los Angeles. And these high schools, in, as has been announced, are those that primarily have poor populations that, that go to that, that high school. So once again, Planned Parenthood is targeting 
you know, the poor people. And, and, and in generally, especially when you get in a big city like Los Angeles, you're talking about a minority population. Um, when, when you when you start identifying poor people, that, that often becomes a, a pseudonym for minorities. And so Planned Parenthood is, is entered into this agreement. The city says that they currently have 34 of these centers. Uh, they're, they, they're called well-being centers. They have 34 of them around the city. They hope to have 50 by the end of the school year. Planned Parenthood currently runs five of them, okay, and hopes to expand to be running all 50 of them by the end of the school year. Now, the, these well-being centers provide a number of different services to, to the students at the school, uh, and the the offices are right there in the school. They don't have to go anywhere. They simply have to walk in. And Planned Parenthood's piece of this is that one day a week, they have a nurse practitioner or other medical worker at the schools to dispense contraceptives. Now, let me let me rephrase that and say to dispense birth control because that's what they're talking about, and and to uh, dispense medication for sexually transmitted diseases that the kids may have picked up as they were engaging in in sexual activity. They specifically talk about distributing or the birth control pill at the schools. It is a Planned Parenthood business operation. The information that has been released says that the school system has committed to $10 million to fund this program. Right. Planned Parenthood is also chipping in money. They're going to chip in $6 million, which probably is in the form of salaries to the people who are, are going to represent Planned Parenthood one day a week at each of these schools to provide this kind of, of what they call a service. We call it an outrage because you have to remember that all of these birth control products, at least 90% of them, kill babies in the womb by preventing implantation. So the fertilization occurs, a new human being is created, and then they can't implant in the womb because of these birth control devices, and so they die and then are flushed out of the of the young girl's body. And probably she doesn't even know that she had a, a, a son or a daughter who died because of these medication that, that she is on. Um, they will also do implants in the arm, uh, something that stays there for three to five years, depending on the product, releasing chemicals into the girl's body. So this is an outrageous situation in Los Angeles. It has uh, been officially announced just this week. Obviously, they've been working on it for some time, but uh, we need your prayers for the city of, of Los Angeles and for California in general. If anybody listening to this is you know, has children or grandchildren in the uh, schools, the public schools of the city of Los Angeles. This is something you should uh, take care of. Do what you can to stop. We have a, a book on, on our STOP website, stop.org, S-T-O-P-P.org. There's a book called Parent Power. 
that tells parents how they can stop this kind of thing in their schools. Uh, it is a free book. Uh, you can download it or you can read it right there on the Internet. So you simply go to stop.org. You click on reference material and look for parent power. And then, as I said, you can either download it as a PDF or you can just read it right there online. But it'll tell you how to go about getting these things stopped in your school. And it's very, very important that we do that. And one of the illustrations that was that was in, given in one of the uh, newspaper accounts of this, they talked about a, a, a senior girl who decided that she, she wants to become sexually active, but she didn't want to talk to her parents about it. And she recounts in, in the article how wonderful it was that she didn't even have to leave school, that this Planned Parenthood clinic was in her school, and all she had to do was to walk into the Planned Parenthood clinic, talk to the Planned Parenthood employee, and then get her birth control. And nobody you know, knows about it. She didn't want her name used in the paper, so there, so there was no name or picture associated with her. So nobody really knows who it was, um, but but it's there and, and it's happening. And that's the kind of thing that Planned Parenthood likes to do, provide what they call confidential services to minors. So we have Planned Parenthood running amok again in California um, targeting our youth because they make millions of dollars from youth who are involved in sexual activity uh, and doing it now with the blessings and with the financial support of the Los Angeles Unified School District. So um, in your prayers, please remember uh, the, the folks out there and uh, please remember all of the students there and we hope that a lot of people will want to fight against it and will go to our website, stop.org, and uh, find out about this, find out how to fight against it. Uh, and if they need help, of course, they can always contact me here at American Life League. My uh, email address is simply jsedlak, so it's J-S-E-D-L-A-K, at A-L-L dot O-R-G. Jay Sedlak at all.org. And we're always happy to uh, help. And we are already working just outside of the Los Angeles area with several different communities fighting Planned Parenthood clinics, either already in their communities or uh, with Planned Parenthood trying to come into their communities. So if there are people in the Los Angeles area and they are looking for help, we encourage you to contact me and, and we can set things up. And the next time I'm in California, we can meet together and, and we can really discuss everything that, that needs to be done. And you are listening to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death on RadioMaria.us, a Christian voice in your home. All right, we want to walk on. We mentioned in, in the first part of the show, David Daleiden. So I want to just spend a couple of minutes bringing you up to date on what's going on 
with David Delayden and the Center for Medical Progress. For those of you who um, may not remember, David Delayden and, and a woman named Sandra Merritt are the people who filmed undercover video of Planned Parenthood back in 2013 and 2014, um, sp specifically focusing in on the illegal activity of Planned Parenthood in uh, uh, selling baby body parts, uh, the parts of aborted babies, um, to to research companies and and um, to companies who specialize in collecting these baby body parts, um, an illegal operation. They went undercover as journalists. They filmed what was going on. Uh, Planned Parenthood when they when they started making the the films public in 2015, Planned Parenthood went absolutely ballistic um, and got the the um, legal system in the state of California, which Planned Parenthood controls, okay, um, to go after David Delayden and Sandra Merritt and the uh, the organizers of their their group, which was called the Center for Medical Progress, and to bring lawsuits against them, civil lawsuits, criminal lawsuits, um, to try to shut them down and to try to cost them so much money in legal fees that they had to shut them down. Um, we, we've talked before in a show about their, their civil trial where they, they were accused of um, making recordings in an illegal way and causing harm to Planned Parenthood. And that trial ended uh, a few weeks ago. They lost that that trial because, primarily, we believe, because of the judge. Can you imagine a judge in, in a trial like that where Planned Parenthood is bringing suit against these pro-lifers and the judge in the case was a financial supporter of Planned Parenthood and helped open a Planned Parenthood clinic in California. He did not recuse himself from the case and legal efforts to force him off the case failed in California. And so he tried the case and then instructed the jury to find the defendants guilty on some of the charges. I mean, a, a whole sham of a case, but uh, they went through it. It cost them a lot of money to, to go through it. They lost the case. They think they have a real good chance on appeal. The jury awarded Planned Parenthood 800000 plus, a little over $800,000 in damages. But that's just the start of things because it is possible because of, of a RICO charge, a racketeering charge that was included, that the that, those those damages could be tripled, so the eight hundred thousand goes to two point four million. And in addition to that, of course, Planned Parenthood is going to try to recover all of their attorneys' fees. And you can imagine the millions upon millions of dollars in attorneys' fees that Planned Parenthood paid, and they're going to try to recover them from the pro-lifers also. So that was the first case, the civil case. The primary case is over, but it is going to be appealed. The second case is 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 a criminal case, okay, uh, brought by the state of California, uh, whose attorney generals, and, and this spans two attorney generals. One was Pamela Harris, who was attorney general when all of this started and started this criminal case against Planned Parenthood, who is now senator uh, 
Kamala Harris, who, who recently uh, withdrew from her campaign to become president of the United States. And then the, the attorney general, Becerra, uh, is there now. Uh, and it is his office that is trying the case. Planned Parenthood actually, to show the connections here, Planned Parenthood actually wanted to be co-counsel in that case. Planned Parenthood wanted to be one of the counsel that tried the pro-lifers. All right. The judge said no to that, but he did allow the case to go forward to a jury trial on nine counts of potentially illegal recording. The first time in the history of California that undercover journalists finding criminal activity were charged with a crime for making recordings. Uh, there are many people that are not pro-life who are just totally opposed to even the thought of this trial because it really hits on the freedom of the press and the freedom of, of doing undercover videos. And we're going to have to see how this trial works out. But that, that will be coming up. They are going to be formally arraigned on January 30th, 2020. And then the trial will take place sometime after that. So that really brings you up to date on what's going on uh, with David Daleiden, Sandra Merritt, and the whole Center for Medical Progress team. To say it's a travesty is, is uh, you know, being kind. They're being persecuted. They are being persecuted because they dared to reveal the underbelly of, of the satanic organization that is Planned Parenthood. And we should all pray for a good resolution, uh, not only for the appeals of the civil case, but a good resolution for the criminal case. And hopefully the judge in the criminal case will be uh, less biased, uh, hopefully not any biased, uh, and allow the real facts to come out because the, the judge in the civil case simply would not allow the facts of the case to come out. Just one more thing on Planned Parenthood. This week, earlier in the week, was Human Rights Day across the world where they were asking for or reminding that, that there ought to be human rights uh, everywhere. And, uh, you know, including all of these countries where Christians are being persecuted. Well, it's interesting because Planned Parenthood on Human Rights Day tweeted human rights for all. No exceptions. All right, let me repeat that. Planned Parenthood tweeted, human rights for all, no exceptions. Now, this is the organization that here in the United States kills over 333,000 preborn human beings every year has killed over 8 million pre-born human beings in their own facility since they first started doing abortions in 1970 in New York State. This organization says human rights for all, no exceptions. Now, we agree that human rights should be for all, and there should be no exceptions, but this organization saying that and tweeting that and sending that out, what are they thinking? They, they must just have blinders on there at Planned Parenthood. 
The only thing we can we, we, we can reasonably think of is they simply do not understand what they're doing. Now, I know at a deep level they have to, but on the surface, they don't allow themselves to see preborn children as human beings. And, of course, scientifically, they are. They can't be anything else. They're not carrots. They're not bunny rabbits. Right? They're human beings. They have the DNA of a human being. They are created by God as a result of a male and female human beings coming together and through an act of God creating what is another human being. Right? There is no discussion on that. There, there is no ambiguity on that. When, when two human beings come together and a new human being or a new being is created, it must be a human being. And yet Planned Parenthood says that we should have human rights for all, no exceptions, when they maintain one of the biggest exceptions and fight daily, spending millions upon millions of dollars to fight to get people elected who will take the human rights away from preborn children. You know, it's, it's these kinds of things that happen. And you say, well, it was just a tweet. You know, what is that? No, it, it, it reveals the insane attitude of the people who work at Planned Parenthood. Now, I'm not saying every person who works there would have approved of this tweet. But, you know, it's the kind of life you live in that it just blinds you. The only way I can describe it to people is is there is a famous plaques that spell the word Jesus, but but the 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 plaques are are kind of cut up and they're, they're just pieces, and so it takes you a while focusing on them uh, to to suddenly realize that oh it says Jesus okay because in the beginning you may not you know catch what it what it says. Uh, that's what I liken to to Planned Parenthood and things like the humanity of the preborn child. They simply don't see it. It's there, right? That word Jesus was always there, but the first half dozen times you looked at it, you didn't see it, and then all of a sudden it was obvious. It was there. And if you've never seen this kind of a thing, the next time you're in a Christian store, Christian bookstore, or whatever, you know, just look for it. In in they're very common. And, and you'll see it. That's what this is like. Okay, a couple of good things g- going on. There is a bill that has been moving through Congress that uh, is is a dangerous bill. It's called the Palliative Care and Hospice Education and Training Act. Wow, that that's a big title, right? The Palliative Care and Hospice Education and Training Act. Okay. Now, what that act did? Well, you know, well, you know, hospice is okay. It, you know, they've they've done a lot of good things and education and training on palliative care, which is uh, supposed to be just a care that that removes pain from from people, especially near the end of life, uh, where they are treated so that there's pain, but but is not supposed to hasten their death. When in fact, we we now know that here in the United States that a lot of what is called palliative care, uh, what they do is they they take these medications that 
are supposed to relieve pain, things like morphine or, or other medications, and they know that if they give more than necessary, it will actually hasten the person's death. And and not every hospice does this, not every person giving palliative care does this, but it is a growing trend. And the, the Palliative Care and Hospice Education and Training Act uh, would have mandated that this kind of training in, in, in how to do palliative care uh, be given to people actually who are not necessarily involved in, in palliative care uh, because they were going to push the same kind of pain-relieving services to, um, to other specialties and have other more people involved in it so that there were more people trained. But of course, the fear is that as part of the training, they will, they will be told, well, you know, if, if uh, this person is, you know, their life is not going to get any better and stuff, here's what you do in order to end their lives peacefully and painlessly and, you know, uh, really kill people. This is, this is how you can kill people. Uh, and so there was a major fight within the pro-life community against this. The bill was supposed to be voted on this week. And at the last minute, the citing uh, questions about the bill, uh, it was pulled from the congressional calendar. It will not be voted on this year. Uh, it is expected that it will come back next year. And when it comes back, we will let you know about that uh, so that you can take action. Um, but there were enough people who took action this time. Uh, we, we put out uh, American Life League, along with a lot of other organizations, put out information on that. Uh, people contacted their, their members of Congress. And as a result of that, it was pulled from the calendar this week and did not happen. So, so there is a victory for life. Uh, the other thing I will tell you is that the fight against Planned Parenthood and the number of groups around the country who are actively fighting Planned Parenthood in their communities has significantly increased this year. Um, you know, I, the, the way I, I judge this is by my, my main focus is fighting Planned Parenthood and helping communities around the United States uh, fight Planned Parenthood. And 2019 has been one of my busiest travel years uh, of the last five years. I mean, all of a sudden, groups everywhere. And I'm currently working with, with 10 groups in 10 different parts of the country to fight against Planned Parenthood. And this last week, I had the honor of being down in Port St. Lucie, Florida, where Planned Parenthood is closing up a clinic in Stewart, Florida, uh, reportedly because the landlord there won't renew their lease. You know, whatever reason he's he or she has had enough of Planned Parenthood, and and so they're basically being thrown out of of Stewart, Florida. Port St. Lucie is is five miles away is the place where they've decided they want to relocate, and so that they wouldn't have to deal with landlords, they bought a building there. 
and they are currently renovating the building, and, and the people in Port St. Lucie are actively fighting against them. And there are leaders down there. I, I'm, I'm not going to go into mentioning names, not because they don't deserve to have their names mentioned, but because there are so many of them, I'm, I'm likely to leave some of their names out, and I don't want to do that. So I will just tell you that there is a large contingent of people in Port St. Lucie, Florida, who are trying to prevent Planned Parenthood from coming to town. Uh, some of the things that, that they've found out are, are absolutely crazy. Planned Parenthood bought the building and they're renovating the building but have no building permits to renovate it. And they are currently calling us to the attention of the city and file complaints to say, how can they be renovating the building when they have no permits to renovate the building? And the city of Port St. Lucie has a requirement that if you're going to do any of this on a commercial space, you, you better have a permit to do it. And so there, there are inspectors who, who are inspecting this. Uh, I know that they were having inspectors go out to the buildings uh, right away to see, you know, exactly what's going on and to shut down the operation if, if they are, in fact, they're making repairs to the building when there are no permits to make the plans to the building. But, of course, Planned Parenthood always thinks they can do anything they want. It's Planned Parenthood. We don't have to follow any rules. Well, there are some communities that call them to task on that. And there are some communities that say, no, you have to follow the rules just like everybody else follows the rules. You can do what is legal, but you have to do it in the manner that is prescribed by city ordinances. And a lot of places where Planned Parenthood tries not to do that, there was one out in, in, in Michigan where Planned Parenthood finally just had to abandon the building because they couldn't get permission to do what they wanted to do. There are actually some deed restrictions and stuff that were in place that they wanted to ignore, but you know, it was not legal to ignore them. So, so this happens around the country and has been happening around the country. I'm very honored to, to have been down in Port St. Lucie to observe what's going on there. But that's only one of the, the cities that, that are doing this. I was out in, in Ohio recently talking about sex education and, and the horrors of Planned Parenthood sex education programs. I've been in, in, in several cities in, in California where they are, in fact, trying to stop Planned Parenthood from opening in a clinic. Glendale, California was one of those places. I've been in Baldwin Park, California, which is another city that has a similar situation to Port St. Lucie, where Planned Parenthood is trying to open a facility and the people are rising up and fighting against them and may or may not be uh, successful, but certainly just the fact that they're rising up and fighting against them is a good thing for the city. In both Port St. Lucie and Glendale and, and in uh, uh, Baldwin Park out in California, people came to city council meetings and, and really caused the stir, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people at city council meetings saying, let's put a stop to this. This is how things happen in communities. You have to be active. You have to be involved. And so we encourage everybody who is listening to this program that has a Planned Parenthood facility either in their community or in a nearby community, and there are some 590 of these facilities around the country, take action. Be active. If nothing else, get out in front of Planned Parenthood facilities and pray. Pray for the women who are going in. Pray for the, the workers inside. 
take pictures of Our Lady of Guadalupe uh, out there. Uh, one story I remember since since the Our Lady of Guadalupe feast day is this week, down in, in uh, the Diocese of Amarillo, Texas, Planned Parenthood in 1997 had 19 pl- uh, clinics in the Diocese of Amarillo, Texas. Uh, Bishop John Yanta and his uh, Respect Life Coordinator, Rita Diller, tried to close them all down. Uh, and one of the things they would do is bring a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe out in front of the Planned Parenthood clinics. One day, they were at one of the clinics that they were targeting, and a woman walked out from inside the clinic with, with a box that had her personal belongings in it. And she walked up to the woman who was holding the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and she said, I want to let you know that I quit and I quit because of her. And she pointed to the Lady Guadalupe picture. She said, I was working at another Planned Parenthood clinic, and, and, and this woman kept showing up. That means Our Lady Guadalupe. And, and I couldn't do my work while she her picture was outside. So I asked for a transfer, and they transferred me over here. And now she's showing up here. That's it. No more. I quit. That's how powerful just the image of Our Lady of Guadalupe can be outside of a Planned Parenthood facility. Uh, the, The mother of hope, as we talked about at the beginning of this show. We need to bring God in front of Planned Parenthood clinics. We bring Our Lady, especially Our Lady of Guadalupe, who, as I said earlier, is pregnant in the in the. in, in the image, and, and therefore you're bringing both, both Our Lady and Jesus out in front of the abortion facility. This is how Planned Parenthood places close down. By the way, of the 19 Planned Parenthood facilities, 10 years later, there were none. All of them have closed down by 2007. It is now 2019. There's still none. All right? Uh, Our Lady just cleared them all out of the Diocese of Amarillo, Texas, because of the dedication of the bishop and because the dedication of the pro-life people who were there in that diocese who took action against Planned Parenthood. You want to know how to close down Planned Parenthood? Bring out Our Lady of Guadalupe. It's, it's one of the predecessors to our Marian Blue Wave that we talked about at the beginning of the program. Uh, Marian Blue Wave is the current effort of, of, of American Life League and, and has been endorsed by Cardinal Burke, by, by Bishop Strickland in, in Tyler, Texas, by Bishop uh, Sheridan out there in, in Colorado. Uh, by Bishop Burbage here in in Virginia, um, just a whole host of of uh, clergy um, have have endorsed this effort or are working on this effort. So if you want to find out more about it or you want to join the Marian Blue Wave, just text the word wave to six six eight six six. And you will get back a message and instructions on on how to uh, follow through and sign up. And all you're signing up for is to say a rosary a week, one rosary a week for the end of abortion in the United States and for the closing of all Planned Parenthood facilities and all other abortion facilities. It's all right there. The website is MarianBlueWave.com. It's an exciting time here. The third decade of this millennium um, in, in just a few weeks. Uh, so we encourage you to get involved and we encourage you to join this fight for the lives of the babies. 
on December the 28th, three days after Christmas, is the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And so when, when you're planning all of your Christmas activities, remember the Holy Innocents, the Feast of the Holy Innocents on December 28th, and plan pro-life activity for that day. And so we will close our program the way we always close our program. And as by asking our Blessed Mother, Mother of God, spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death. Amen.